Father in heaven, we want to pause and, and, and uh, pray for our, our dear brother as he uh, has sung for us several times. And he's been very helpful to us, and we appreciate it as he comes here to, to sing uh, with us and for us about your wonderfulness. Uh, he did it again today, just leading us to sing about how good you are. And we pray, Lord, that you'd be right there with him, um, being real close to him, having your goodness rub off all over him. Help him not to be dizzy and to kind of um, get some orange juice and kind of gather himself again. Help him to be okay. Um, we also pray that you be in here with us, that uh, we can continue to listen and focus on you. And as we continue to move forward with the, with the message, we pray that you would lead and that you would guide. And we ask in Jesus' generous name, amen. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles or smartphone... We're in uh, the book of 2 Timothy as we continue through our series to see what God was doing with the people in Ephesus. 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to spend our time in the first five verses this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, Paul wrote to the pastor in Ephesus. He writes, understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. Between 17 and 43 million Americans watch the Oscars every year, some years more, some years less. And uh, Harvey Weinstein was one of those famous Hollywood people. He used to be a producer, uh, a famous producer behind the scenes of many famous movies you are aware of and television shows. When he wanted to spend millions of dollars to make a movie, he did it. When he wanted to cast certain men or women, they let him. Because his movies were so successful, it made the Hollywood actors rich and famous, and lots and lots of people paid money to go to his movies. When it came to the awards, the Oscars, the Emmys, and all the other awards, he was nominated many times, and he, he won many of those awards. In the times that he wasn't nominated or winning, many other people thanked him for winning. I, di I didn't realize this, but nowadays they have statistical research companies that, that that's all they do. They will literally count how many times someone dribbles a basketball. They'll, they'll give you every statistic you can imagine in football, baseball, basketball, and everything else, including on the Oscars. And they will literally count how many people accepted awards and who they thanked. Uh, they thanked God fourth most. And they, in this and that, and it's like, oh my word. And they, and they thanked Harvey Weinstein second most, 
Even when he didn't even win, other people told him thank you because somehow behind the scenes, he was the one that helped them win. Um, a couple of years ago during one of the Oscar events, uh, as he was there wearing a suit, he had this little pen. I don't remember, no, I don't remember what it was, but he, had, he was wearing this little pen that showed that, that at least according to his, his little thing on his jacket, that he supported women. He thought that was important to have that little thing there to say that he supported women. Um, until a few years ago, my guess would be that most people thought Harvey Weinstein was a, what's a good Southern Texas phrase? He was a good guy. He was a good guy. I mean, he's wearing one of those pins about that women are awesome and, and everybody thanks him and he makes people rich and famous. He's a good guy. Except in the last couple of years, people are starting to discover that he invited lots of women to his home alone and to hotel rooms alone, many times wearing nothing but a robe, nothing but a robe. And because his public image was supposed to be good, because his public image was good, overwhelming majority of those people went into the room with him with nothing on but a robe. Thinking, well, his public image is this. I mean, he wore a pin that says he supports women. I mean, we all know that, you know, pins mean a lot. And so it certainly must be safe. Except we actually realize that, unfortunately, the public image people present isn't always the real image. And just in the last few years, over 80 women, almost 100 women have come forward saying that he's either raped or sexually assaulted them. Almost 100. Dating back over 50 years. The average age of the person here at Crosswalk is only 41. So he's been doing this more than most of you have been alive They've taken him to court in New York, in California, I think even Britain or about to, and they found him guilty. So now he's spending the rest of his life in prison. But uh, at one of his more recent trials, this is what Harvey Weinstein said in one of his recent trials, and I quote, I maintain that I'm innocent. I've never raped or sexually assaulted anyone. This is about money. This is a made-up story. With all due respect, the actresses, the actresses, they can turn on their tears. They're actresses. That's what they're paid to do. I've never intended, well, that's a loaded word. I never intended to cause anyone harm. I'm here to bring joy. Please don't sentence me to life in prison. I don't deserve it. His defense attorney takes, in my understanding, a little bit different take. His defense attorney isn't even saying that he didn't do it. The defense attorney says, arguing that it happened, but the women willingly engaged because Harvey is a powerful, influential person in the entertainment industry. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5, pleading with people to understand this, 
that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. Some people will be lovers of self, me, myself, and I, much stronger than any drug or cocaine or nicotine. Others will be lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with deceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. It's well known among scholars in, in this type of industry that for too many people, their public image and their self-image and their real image, that those three aren't the same thing. The public image is what we want people to think or what we want them to see uh, you know, in us. Self-image is what people think about themselves, but the real image is what a person really is when no one's watching, when you don't think you'll be caught, when you're on vacation and you're all alone, when people go to Vegas and they're like, oh man, we all know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I can really be what? Your true self. I can't wait to get out of my parents' house. Man, I'm gonna, what, make bad decisions and be your true self. Boy, when I get to college, man, I'm gonna, I go to that public state university, man, I'm really gonna, what, leave Jesus back at your parents' house? Boy, I'm, I'm moving, I'm going to a different state, I'm gonna change everything, well, I'm really gonna live my true self, I'm gonna really live my life finally. My phones are so cool now. I don't even have mine. It's in the car. Phones are so cool now. <laughs> you know, some of the people, you can have phones. Even some of the kids have phones. You can get access to anything, and I mean anything. But no one's watching, and you can just do your own cool thing on your phone. The real image is what you are really doing when you think you won't get caught. Babies and infants, the way God created the human brain with babies and infants, they're consistent, whether it's public, whether it's private, any, any setting, babies and infants, they haven't learned what all of us have learned. Man, you can hide. Man, what babies don't know that, Every day they're the same, morning, day. If they want to put their hand up their nose, man, they'll go up all the way to their elbow. They don't care. They'll smile at you while they're doing it. And they're just like, baby, we, honey, honey, there's guests over. And the baby's like, man, I don't care. Babies will do anything. They'll have, they'll have an accident, what parents call an accident in their diaper. When you have guests over, at the dinner table, and you can hear it, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. They don't care if it's in church. I'm not even supposed to be talking about these things. But when you're little, you're not used to hiding it. You just giggle because it's silly. But the rest of us who've learned how to hide, 
well, now you don't, we don't do those things. You know, we subconsciously are trying to train the little ones. Hey, you got to be like the rest of us and learn how to hide certain behavior. I mean, you can't certainly let people see you do this. And yet the way God created the human brain is to be you in Christ all the time. It's called balance, health, good mental health. But as we start hitting, everybody hits at a different age, some point during adolescence, people start learning. You'll even see it in some kids. Again, another really off-the-wall comment, what am I saying? But at some point, at some age, some little kids, they'll still want to pick their nose. Some of them will even eat it, but they'll even start realizing, but I can't do it in public. So they're learning to hide. Doesn't matter who you are, male, female, contrary to social media, skin color is irrelevant, age, every Christian, atheist, agnostic, every human being, moment by moment, has a choice. Am I going to make a good choice or a bad one? And we all know if you make a bad choice, there's consequences and none of us like to suffer. So when someone makes a bad choice, they kind of have to hide it. You have to hide it a little bit. 2 Timothy 3.1, Paul writes, Understand this. In the last days, there will come times of difficulty. According to the Bible and your denomination, we are living in the last times. And how interesting that he writes that we are to understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. The Holy Spirit is inspiring the Apostle Paul to write this, that as the world spins closer to the end, people become more and more addicted to the wrong thing. My personal opinion is very clear, as I've shared in small groups and publicly and privately and from sermons, that any human being, if you're not seriously wanting to appreciate Jesus, that any human being gets into a bad place. But I didn't, read, I didn't write 2 Timothy. Paul did. And according to verse 5, though I think what I'm saying fits with the whole Scripture, but in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, Paul isn't writing to everybody. 2 Timothy 3, 5, Paul says that it's people who are having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And clearly, scripturally, the power, he's not referring to electricity, he's referring to God, or he's referring to Jesus. He's referring to people who, who want to appear godly on the outside, but on the inside, eh, they're kind of denying it. Now, I know people who are atheists, and I know some who are agnostic. You might too. <laughs> and to their credit, and I say this with a clean conscience, to their credit, atheists are not hypocrites when it comes to this area. And I'll repeat that again. Atheists are not hypocrites when it comes to this. Paul is not writing this to, well, boy, those atheists... Paul was not writing this to atheists 
verse 5 and verse 1. He's writing it to people, uh, to Timothy, because he got the letter, and he's writing it to the church people in Ephesus, and according to verse 1 and verse 5, he's writing it to professed believers, quote, in the last days who have the continual, quote, appearance of godliness. The last time I checked, and you can think about it with the, with the atheist and agnostic people you know, because they're very consistent in this area. Atheists want nothing to do with looking or acting like Jesus in any way. That's why they're atheists. This is not referring to atheists. Atheists do not want any appearance or form of godliness. Who does that? Professed church people, professed believers. They want to look like they're really godly. Atheists do not in the least. This is, this is the Holy Spirit through Paul appealing to some church people then and, according to verse 1, in the last days to either, I say it as softly as I can, either stay in Jesus, which is my very generous way of saying this because he's not actually quite saying that. So either stay in Jesus or kind of get closer and get back in him so you're not in this very rough list that he's describing. In the book Spiritual Gifts, page 277, Ellen White wrote this, and this was in the 1800s. The power of Satan to tempt and deceive is tenfold greater, tenfold greater than it was in the days of the apostles. His power has increased, and it will continue to increase until it's taken away. His wrath and his hate grow stronger as his time to work draws near its close. What a statement in the 1800s. And as we all know, we're about 100 or so years after that. So apparently he's gone. Satan has become even more effective. A number of years ago, there was this couple, this Adventist couple. They were on a date. <clears throat> they went to a fast food restaurant, pulled up to the window, <laughs> put in their order. But little did this couple know that, I don't know if the manager was just not very good at his job, naive, new. I don't, I don't remember that part. <laughs> but this, this Adventist couple, before they pulled up to the window, had no idea what was happening behind the scenes, that basically the manager of this little fast food restaurant needed to make a bank run. Um, and, uh, and, and, but they were really busy. He didn't have time, didn't, wasn't committed to it. So he took $3,000 out of the cash register, hid it like in the bottom of one of the like empty chicken buckets. And they're like, put it in with everything else. So it's like, well, who's going to find that? And then later... Later, I'll go deposit in the bank. Well, sure enough, this Avenus couple on their date, you know, they, you know, got their order and, and uh, were eating their food and got to the bottom of it. And it's like, whoa, we got more than, you know, more than we ordered here. Um, and there was $3,000 there. So they went back inside and they said, well, we kind of need to, you know, see the manager. And so finally the manager comes out and they said, hey, you know, we found our food, but we also found a whole lot of money down here. 
Oh, man, the manager was so thankful. He said, oh, man, most people would not do that. Thank you. You must be really amazing. I mean, wow. I mean, and the manager's trying to think of the best way he could say thank you. We want to, we're going to, I'm going to call the local television. We're going to have them come down here, kind of like, you know, show that we're good citizens. I think if I remember correctly, it was in California. They could use some good PR right now. And so it was like, I mean, we, let's get this on television, you know, kind of just show you to say what you did. I mean, this would be so good. <laughs> and, the, and the couple, the Avenus couple were like, no, no. And as the manager kept insisting, they kept saying no, but it wasn't going anywhere. And so the, the Avenus couple just started really getting uncomfortable. And then they started getting a little angry. They, no, we cannot do that. I'm sorry, we're, we're, you know, we're glad you have your money back. We can't do that. And no, this wasn't their avenous version of trying to uh, eat meat. But, you know, oh, no, people are going to find out we eat meat, you know. Um, once you, we always have vegetarian potluck, but they know we ate meat like Jesus did in Leviticus 11. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. They didn't want people to find out that they were married to other people. Yeah, they were on a date when it wasn't their spouse. You know what I'm saying? How do you get on television while your fam while both of their families are at home, because good Avenus watch about six hours of television a day, so we're so busy we don't have time for other stuff. As we're at home watching television, watching other people pretend to have a life and pay money to watch them pretend to have a life in front of the television, they would have saw their spouses with somebody else. How do you explain that? No, we probably shouldn't be on television because we'd get caught being our real self. I mean, God forbid, Americans, Christians, and Avenists get caught being themselves. What would that look like for you? A little uncomfortable for them. Second Timothy three one. Holy Spirit tells Paul to write something quite clean and clear and bold to us. Understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty Satan is getting worse every day sin and love of self is getting worse every day and as a pastor I keep bumping into professed believers who have the most profound creative and amazing way of making selfishness selfishness look amazing. Satan's getting worse. Sin is getting worse every day. What are you choosing to do every day when nobody's watching? Well, it's just you. And you know nobody's watching We all know 
Even little kids know people are good at hiding things when they want to. Harvey Weinstein, for over 50 years, was giving the world the impression he was a great guy, and I'm convinced there were people. He wore that little pin. I mean, wow, that's something. I'm convinced there was men and even women who would literally say, boy, we need more men like that in the world looking after women, right? Yeah, oh, amen. Oh, in public, he just seems so, you know, when that person walks into church, boy, I don't know. When that person walks into church, they match. Wow. So my shoes match, all of a sudden I'm really doing well in Jesus. Go back and read Isaiah 53. Jesus stunk. I'm not great at English. He was stinky. He didn't smell good. His clothes didn't look great. The remnant church thought he was a problem. Man, we can clean this up if we get rid of this guy. He keeps talking about God all the time, trying to help us make good choices. We can get rid of that guy. This denomination will finally go places. But Jesus was consistent in heaven, at church on Saturday, talking with religious leaders, talking to the homeless, hanging out with the children, talking to the women, talking to the men, scolding the religious leaders who were just embarrassingly confused. On the cross, <laughs> you pick the hour, you pick the day. Jesus was just kind of the same. I'm not perfect and neither are you. But as we let Jesus live in us more and more and more, Jesus will be growing us so that anybody, anytime, any day, any night could record you, take a picture, hang out with you, and they're not going to hear or see anything unchristian, inappropriate, scandalous, like, whoa, I didn't know. Hey, let's hang out next weekend. Jesus doesn't do that. And if Jesus continues to grow in us, Jesus grows us out of that. Because Jesus knows how good people are at hiding. It's one of the first things human beings did. Remember that back in Genesis? Adam and Eve thought they had a better idea than God. That's original. And what did they do after they realized, oh, we're kind of foolish. And the Bible says we shouldn't call people stupid, but it's like, whoops, we're kind of that S word. It's like, what were Adam and Eve thinking? And what was one of the first things they did after they thought they were smarter than God? They hid. They hid. Go back and look at it in Genesis. God knew Cain killed his brother. Go back and read Genesis. God knew Noah thought it was a cool idea to get drunk. Go back and look. God knew that the king of Israel, Saul, 
was a terrible leader. He was leading people away from God. He knew that, that David wrestled with the flesh. He knew that Judas really liked money more than he actually liked God. He knew that Ananias and Sapphira, they really didn't want to pay tithes and offerings. God knows everything. I know this isn't popular. This isn't the typical modern Christianity where we, we just say, man, I'm supposed to tell you everything's amazing. I say this in honesty and in love and sincerity as um, my motivation is that the Holy Spirit will be pleading through my words. Do not be confused. You and me, nobody can hide from God. You can hide from me. I got lots going on. I don't need to hear another person's, you know, unique life story. If you want to tell me, I'll pray for you. I'll do what I can to help. I'm not meaning you got to kind of tell me some story. Last night I was drinking. I got in a car wreck and I got an antenna sticking out my back. I don't need to hear all these stories. My point is just continue to let Jesus be in you. God is aware of everything, but he's not trying to condemn. He's not trying to hate. He's trying to help people. And yes, there are times he'll like step in. It's like, whoa, what an amazing reminder. God does know everything. As you go through the Bible, as you go through the Bible, there are times when God even tells prophets. The prophets don't know everything, but God does. And sometimes God will even tell a prophet, hey, here's this, X, Y, Z. Go talk to that person and just just remind them that God knows everything. And God's not telling the prophet everything, but God will tell the prophet a few things. The amazing thing is sometimes they didn't even listen to God and sometimes they didn't even listen to prophets. No one can hide from God. The sooner we know that and appreciate it, the sooner we grow. No condemnation, no guilt, no shame. The last place we want to discover this is in Jesus' second coming because then it's too late. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. The Holy Spirit impresses the Apostle Paul to write that we should understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, Brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen up with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It would be convenient if we could blame somebody else, 
sometimes church people, it's convenient to blame non-church people or atheists or agnostics. But verse 5 makes it clear that this is people having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. My prayer and my encouragement is that we be people in the last days who do not deny the power of Jesus. But we be like Jacob in the Old Testament. He was not perfect, and I am not either. But we be like Jacob, and we have a death grip on God's leg. And say, don't let go of us. Continue to put yourself in us more and more. We know we're imperfect, so deliver us. We don't want to hide. We don't need to hide from the most generous, helpful, considerate, caring beings in the entire world. Please, don't be hiding from God.